0: Hello, this is Tara Nevins from Dawn of the Buffalo, and you're listening to Community Radio, WMNF Tampa.
1: Here comes the sun, here comes the sun, and I say it's all right.
0: Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we are talking with Laura Oldenny and Jenny Nazak about building your life of dreams without losing your soul or destroying the planet. To a good title. Your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and Annie Ellis. What, I'm not wonderful, Kenny? And wonderful, Ann <laughs> And Mr. Bill Grace is working the boards, and Irene is answering your calls. So stay tuned as we promote a balance of people, profit, and planet.
2: So today's Kenny's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday, dear Kenny. Happy birthday to you and many more.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Wow. you, anyway, you can end up getting terminated we bo- can we can we mute
2: can we mute that person? <laughs> Uh, so, anyway, uh, today is Kenny's birthday, and uh, I wanted to have Callie uh, with the Blue House Florals come in with a uh, a singing telegram for him live in the show. But she had a wedding today that she had to do the flowers of. So us. Annie
0: took the... I took the lead. <laughs> yeah. I well, thank you the, for that.
2: I don't have the hat on or anything, though.
0: Yeah. I need to get one for sure. Um, in the past week, I interviewed... Um, Dr. T.H. Colhane about biodigesters. We had him oh, on the yeah. show many times. that
2: was very interesting before.
0: So I was talking to him, and um, I was telling him that on Facebook, I'm getting a lot of these ads that say, it's a T-shirt that people are selling that says, planet over profit. And then I was telling him that, over. yeah, okay. like they want, yeah, they want to stress that. And then I was telling him, I was like, well, we learned that. The triple bottom line is we have to really balance people, profit, and what? planet to be sustainable, and then I mentioned that today's show is going to be about money and he goes, well, one way to measure profit is if you pay back all of your like retributions and like all of the ills that you did to the environment. Oh. And he says, it's very he's like, like a karmic if, thing. If you're measuring that, he's like nobody's making a profit. Because if you had to pay back you know, well, financially
2: payback. Yeah. But if they if we look at the payback in a different way of altering the behaviors that were causing the planet harm. So if you alter the behaviors, that is literally paying back what you know you would have continued to do. So just even as an individual, you know, you can stop doing a lot of these things that are harming the planet. I was just talking to a girl this morning and she was like uh, saying all these things. She was having all these problems. And I went, well, you know, maybe look at your detergent. She went, oh, my God, I just changed the detergent. She was very sick. And so then, uh, so she's using this wonderful, you know, zero polluted uh, detergent. And then she was saying, you know, the only thing, and she's a meat eater, and she said, the only thing I haven't been able to do is let go of saran wrap. And I went, why would you use saran wrap? I haven't even had that stuff in a long time. And she said, well, to package meat. And I went, butcher paper. Mm-hmm. So I sent her the link for butcher paper, <laughs> and so she went. Oh my God, you pu- you just fixed me! Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was so easy. You know, it's just a mindset, though. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. I wanted to also talk about the. Um, The uh, tropical heat wave this weekend, it was fantastic. If you missed it, you missed it. It was so, so good. And the weather, even though it rained in the beginning, it was super cool. And we had a little breeze. We had a full moon later on. It was just beautiful. Even in the building, it was nice and cool. Really great. And I got to say, number one band was GA-20. They are remarkable, y'all. It was like a bluesy, a Chicago bluesy Jimi Hendrix. So good. You got to look them up. There it is. Kenny just looked it up on the computer. Look at his hair and his beard, and he's amazing. It's <laughs> all hair. So, uh, so anyway, you guys need to check those guys out uh, because that was wonderful. What did you do this weekend, Kenny? Getting ready for your birthday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I sold some plants and. Uh...
2: Just relax. I,
0: and this is my last show because the next, oh, three, yeah. next three weeks I'm going to Japan. He's
2: going to Japan. That's why I should have gotten you a kimono.
0: I did uh, <laughs> order 62,000 yen. <laughs> did you really? For my trip.
2: How much is a yen?
0: Um, I don't know, but that's about... 62,000. 62,000 like is $500. Oh, okay. Cash. Because wow. even though Japan is very modern, they got their um, they bidets, the they have their robots... They are mostly a cash society, and oh, really? they said a lot of times you can't use credit cards. And wow, today's you know. show is about credit cards and money and, and financial stability, financial stability,
2: and getting away from being a trapped into that that rat race system. So I guess we should roll with that, huh? I think so. Okay, so uh, the focus in the conversation is uh, going to be on the new book that Jenny and Laura recently mm-hmm. collaborated on, with a few others, calling "Growing." And it's called FREE, but it's an acronym. It's F-R-E-E, and that means Financially Resilient and Economically Empowered. Building the Life of Your Dreams Without Losing Your Soul or Destroying the Planet. I love that. This book fills a major gap in permaculture addressing the personal finance and lifestyle design elements that keep so many from leading their permaculture lives outside the machine. And I think that a lot of people, you know, they don't think about the easy things that you can do to uh, spend less uh, so you can save more, and so you don't you don't have to be attached to the system uh, to be able to generate you don't have to live to work, you can work to live you know and that's a much better situation so Laura. Aldani, which I'm hoping I pronounce that right, we'll find out soon. She's the founder of Rich and Resilient Living, and it's a green living, and she's a green living and wealth coach. She helps reluctant capitalists design financially secure lives in a climate challenged planet, without negating the very future of which they're preparing. She's uh, sought after for her knowledge on regenerative investing, and she's been uh, featured on uh, CNBC, Good Housekeeping, and Forbes. She's also uh, co-author of that book that we were talking about. Growing, F-R-E-E. And uh, Jenny Nazek, which I've been on a show with her before I was a host, actually, she's lovely, is a writer, artist, and permaculture educator based in Daytona Beach, Florida, USA. She is the author of a small print, uh, excuse me, small footprint living large guidebook, Deep Green, and blog. And she believes that everyday people through their daily choices have the power to create a just and sustainable civilization. So she's uh, she's setting out to spark a grassroots green mobilization, and she's really changed her uh, footprint to be very small uh, impression on the planet, and it's made a big difference. So I'm excited to see how they did it, so we can do it. Welcome to the show, y'all!
3: Thank you so much for having us. And I just want this is Laura, yeah. and it is it's Old Danny, Old Danny. Okay, good. <laughs> It's, it gets pronounced a lot of different ways. I'm sure. Before, before we go any further, I just want to jump on the happy birthday Kenny wagon. Yes. <laughs> excited to get to to celebrate this.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. He's so young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I have time to save money.
2: That's right. Actually, <laughs> and you know what? He is so frugal. So this is going to be great for, for yeah. everybody. So really. I
0: did tell you both that I was excited that Annie booked the show about this topic. And it just happens to be my birthday because I do love talking about money.
1: Yeah. And- <laughs> Yay.
3: Well, and it's definitely about saving money. That's a big part of it. And I think that's where those of us in the sustainable living permaculture space kind of start with it. Mm-hmm. But it's also a complete shift in how we think about investing, you know, and, and wealth and resources and assets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to, to dive into that because permaculture is also a very rich toolkit for us that's not tapped often enough to really shift our thinking about wealth and assets and resources and investing. You know, one
2: of, the, one of the things that you said was you you wrote in there uh, when, when we were assessing everything, you said something about uh, uh, living outside of the machine. What does that mean to you?
3: To me, it means, um, you know, not being caught up in capitalism as much as mainstream society is, not reporting to a nine to five job right. in a cubicle, you know, supporting a mission that doesn't, I'm not feeling fully aligned with and only doing it for the money, you know, stuck, you know, in office politics. Right, and, right you know just again feeling like it's mean it's meaningless work that i'm just doing for a paycheck yes yes that, well that would be
2: what to you then uh what is a uh, permaculture and what can it teach us about building true wealth and what does that true wealth mean to you and also jenny uh, i yes. want you to be able to jump in here jenny at any time
3: yeah jenny why don't Thank you me. go ahead and say a little bit now mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, thank, thank you and good good morning everybody. Good morning. Ha- happy birthday, Kenny! Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm Jenny Nazak and very honored to be on this show with with you all. Um, in the first day of my first permaculture design course back in 2005, we learned a couple of little concepts. One of them was constructively disengaged from consumerist society. Now that didn't mean be 100% and a self-sufficient Island. It just meant start to unhook from dependency on centralized systems that are trashing the planet and harming people. Mm -hmm. And we also learned reduce your need to earn. So I was like, cool. That means just be really thrifty. I was used to being thrifty because I had always wanted to work at whatever occupation I wanted to work at without having to you know, be forced to work some job. And so I'd gotten really good at being thrifty, so I didn't need that much money. So, so to me, wealth, um, one big component of wealth is just not needing that much in the first place and taking joy. Like really just the, thing, the things around me that bring me joy are, are, are all I need and it isn't very much.
2: That's what I would say that true wealth is. Uh it it really I mean we're talking about, you know, being in the system as far as capital, uh you know, money and how we live and and what we need to pay for and that sort of thing. However, uh true wealth to me is in being in love with what you're doing and being a part of your community and that sort yes. of thing. So, totally, totally. Yeah. Yes. There's so much work that
3: needs to be done, you know, repairing, restoring, rejuvenating the planet and people that there's plenty of opportunity for people to find meaningful work that's fulfilling that mm -hmm. that we, you know, we need people to step up and be doing. And, you know, what we talk about in our book and we'll talk about some in, in our time together today is how, I think a lot of people back away from that because they don't think it can be financially viable. Right. Um, but it's it definitely can with a lot of shifts to our thinking.
2: Well, it's just, don't you think it's because, uh, you know, it's not been said to them that that's the way you can do it. There wasn't an alternative way of thinking, you know, whereas this is you, you went to college, you majored in something and you got a job and and that's the way most people, I never did that, but (laughs) that's a very unusual situation. (laughs) You're it's, breaking up, whomever that was talking. Yeah. The thing, the thing that's expected.
4: Huh? Sorry about that. Let's see if this is better. If I'm breaking up, I'll just uh, mute for a minute. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the way that our modern, so called modern capitalist society is set up, things are expensive. Living alone is expensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Having, having, being forced to have a car by yourself is expensive. Like all the things that we're taught are benchmarks of being a an a so-called adult and being successful those things are needlessly expensive having to rent a whole separate place where you do your work that's totally separate from where the people live that is expensive and and so if and if people aren't doing it together stuff's expensive and our culture is individualistic so yeah, that yeah it's, it's, it's about de- deconstructing a lot of that stuff.
0: So, so permaculture is when people design and they maintain like a backyard or kind of like a food forest where they're balancing like diversity, stability and resilience. So how does that relate to true wealth?
4: Permaculture is actually much, much yeah. more than food. It is so much more than food. And I, I have to say that right at the beginning, because it's one of the most common misconceptions that permaculture is about having a food forest and growing food. It's, it's food is obviously one of the categories of human need, but um, the founders of permaculture themselves said that where we're, what we're doing with our money, money and banking, and just everything about our lives is, is permaculture everything you know what we do to create our settlements is permaculture human settlements
2: jenny you yes. wanted to speak so, at the same time so go ahead yeah. and you you share as well sure that and that was jenny this is laura but oh, we're I'm both sorry. we're ah. very much
3: aligned in in our thinking on this you know permaculture is this beautifully rich designers toolkit that's basically based on understanding how nature works. And when we look to nature, when we look to forests, when we look to ecosystems, we see these amazing and beautiful examples of these synergistic relationships that are continually enriching, enriching you know, each other, the various elements. When we, the humans, stay out of it and we don't mess it up, there's just all of this mutual collaboration and enrichment going on. So it's looking to that and applying that, you know, working with nature instead of against it to many, all the aspects of our lives to be more productive with less effort to, you know, emphasize this, these highly efficient and self-sustaining systems, but in all areas of our lives. And for people familiar with um, the 12 principles of, of Home, that Holmgren came up with for permaculture, you know, you think about things like obtain a yield. That so obviously can re- relate to our personal finances and our wealth building journey as well. We have catch and store energy, you know, save money. Don't let it all flow through your fingers. Um, you know, all 12 of those principles we can think about in various ways and apply them to our personal finances. And, you know, then there are all of the- i want to stop you real quick. That's the 12 principles of what? Well, it's, Hol- so Holmgren's 12 principles. So David David Holmgren is one of the co-originators of permaculture. And so the other co-originator was Bill is Bill Mollison. And Mollison's work yes. was much more academic, you know, and and harder for everyday people to um, you know, comprehend and digest. So Holmgren came up with these 12 simple principles and uh, um, that's what I'm referring to. And Thank so you. you know, when we think about those, we can see that each one of them can be applied to how we think about wealth. And if we do mm-hmm. go deeper into the designer's manual in chapter 14 in Mollison's designer's manual, that's where he talks about generative, degenerative, generative and reproductive assets. You know, and we can when we that is where the true wealth and regenerative wealth mindset comes from is really starting to think in terms of assets and investments the way that we is outlined for us in permaculture. Very
2: interesting Uh, guideline there. I didn't even think about it that way.
0: So, Laura, in your introduction of uh, you, we mentioned that you talk about regenerative investing. So, Mm -hmm. what does that mean?
3: So again, you know, the sustainable living show, I love this show. I talk a lot about sustainability myself. But if we look at sustainable, that's sustaining and maintaining where we're at, really. Um, But regenerative is going beyond that. It's restoring, rejuvenating, repairing and regenerating our depleted soils. But it's, Within capitalism, capitalism is based on extraction and depletion. And so it's, you know, thinking differently about how do we regenerate and restore not just the soil, but all of these resources and, and including people that have been depleted through the process. And so regenerative investing takes us into thinking about the solidarity economy, you know, investing in cooperatively owned businesses or lending money to regenerative farmers who are doing the work out there or social justice investing. And, you know, we think of investing, we think primarily of the stock market but there are so many other amazing options out there percolating for us, um, you know, outside of the stock market that are available more and more to non wealthy investors. A long time, for a long time, this regenerative investing terrain was only available to wealthy investors. But that's no longer the case, and we this is where we can be really, really powerful with our money.
2: That's interesting. You know, I I remember giving some money to a startup farmer, and uh, and I and I actually got. Uh, a card to be able to get food uh, after it was going on. Uh, But I had not even thought about that as an investment, really. But yes, that is. What a great idea. And and these
3: are the investments that achieve that triple bottom line of people, Mm -hmm. planet, and profit.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, remind the listeners that this is the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF, Tampa 88.5. Today's guests are Laura Oldeny and Jenny Nazak, and we're talking about finances and sustainability and building the life of your dreams without losing your soul or destroying your planet. Lovely. If you want to be part of the conversation, give us a call at 813 239 9663, or you can send us an email at at djwmnf.org and we will read it on air. And we have one email that says, Hello, Kenny. A very happy birthday. Uh You're a spectacular person. Have a great day. See you in a few days. Sincerely, your unpaid interns.
2: Your mom and dad. Yes. I was going to say,
0: it sounded like they're adorable. (laughs) They're the best. But uh, (laughs) Laura and Jenny, you have a message. It's a photo, and it says, here we are. It's all we need. Oh,
2: that's sweet. And the person
0: said, yes. So kind of on that, I'm reading this book, and... um, they were saying that after World War II, the culture of the '50s was you have to keep up with the Joneses. Oh, yeah.
2: consume, 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 consume,
0: consume, because they needed yeah. to like kind of Build give a bump up of the economy. But yeah. then also at the same time, you had a lot of these like wellness coaches who were like 25 and had no ex- life experience, but they were they were the <laughs> they leaders were of the movement. Yeah. That's so, um, so Jenny and uh, Lord, a- well. Ger- Do you guys have any thoughts about how, it's hard with all the advertising and all of the bombardment of your shirt is old, your dishwasher is old. Especially
2: for women, I got to say. So
0: how do we, how do listeners kind of block that out or how do, how can they think differently differently?
3: I think one way to start is to really get clear on what is truly important to you, mm-hmm. um, not the outside forces. I, I, I will, And I, I'll go into that a little more. I guess I wanna back up and say that what a lot of research really bears out is that it's not the stuff that makes people happy. It's what really is where the happiness lies And the fulfillment in life is time autonomy you know the to have the autonomy over your time to choose what you do with it and who you spend it with that's where the true wealth really lies Mm -hmm. according to research and so i think when people can slow down and and maybe do something along the lines of taking the time to make a fill out a quality of life statement you know what are your core values what is it that's really important to you? Who do you want to be spending time with? And then, you know, thinking about that as you're making your decisions or your purchases, are your purchases taking you away from that or are they moving you towards that? Um, You know, and, and I will say that I, I feel very fortunate to live in St. Petersburg. We have a really um, supportive community for this kind of mindset. You know, it's, very helpful to do it in community to start having conversations with your friends and getting a sense of, you know, who's open to this, who prefers a potluck to, to going out and spending $50 at a bar, um, you know, or a restaurant and, and just start spending time with those friends and having conversations about this.
2: Yeah. But I'm sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, was I was just to say, go ahead. <laughs> we're both doing it
3: <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say I think Jenny probably has a lot of good suggestions
2: as well <laughs> uh, I was going one thing I wanted to say was that I over the uh, the cast of time that people have always said your children are going to remember the time that you spend with them and not the things that you buy them so I mean it, it's just across the board with everything is like that. So Jenny, what do you have to say about all this <laughs>
4: Well, I really, I really identify with what you said, Annie, about your children are going to remember the time you spend with them. Because as a family growing up, you know, we spent a lot of, I guess what I would call quality time together. My dad was in the Navy, so he was, he was gone a lot, but also he was home a lot and we made the most of our time. And it wasn't surround, we didn't really have that much money. So we didn't have a lot of stuff, but we had all this time together. And actually I just got spoiled because I started to notice that we had all the quality experiences. Like to me, when I was confronted with a bunch of stuff, like I guess when the 80s hit. you know, growing up in the sixties and seventies was one thing, but when the eighties started to hit and all this materialism came about, I found it really exhausting and not very pretty, so I kind of hid from it. As an adult, I kind of just wouldn't watch TV unless it was NPR or something. It just wouldn't expose myself to certain stuff, and then I went and lived in Japan for a while. So I just got very honed in on a simple kind of aesthetic from a young age, and anything else just seemed too much, like loud, fleshy and disruptive. So it wasn't, it didn't take a whole lot of self-discipline for me, but um, I think where I can relate is in like the, kind of like the female beauty culture. Right. That's what I was thinking. I, I, start, I started to notice like at one, at, uh, for, for a long time in my life, I sort of um, naturally conformed to the, like kind of like Western Anglo-European stereotypic notions of beauty and skinniness. And I realized that no matter how many, how skinny I was, you were always supposed to be skinnier and you, you could always be prettier. And it did, you know, freaking good, like, wow, this doesn't do any good at all.
2: Well, like, actually it, it creates a lot of eating disorders and, you know, well, yeah. Kind of, you know.
4: And, eating sure. disorders, body dysmorphia, and it didn't bring a person any more love. No. I realized that at one point, like, just, wow, this isn't really doing anything. Yeah. And and so, I don't know, you just realize it's a bottomless pit.
2: <laughs> you know, one of the things that I, uh, I have on my list of things to ask you is that, uh, you know, like, what are the things that people that people can do immediately to reduce their footprint, and long term, and some long term ones. But I also want to ask specifically, what are the first things that you guys did personally, and then where is that list or guideline, and what was the benefit to you and the planet? I know that's a lot, but it's a more personal. You know, what did y'all do to start yourself on that journey?
4: Yeah. Well, I've, I've always been drawn to it because growing up, we we just we just did a lot of things that were naturally conservationist. But so I've, I've always been like, don't waste water or this and that. And I've always been attracted to tiny living spaces. So when I got divorced, um, we, you know I was living in a house with my husband at the time. I moved into a tiny um, camper and lived in an RV park for ten years in Austin, Texas. And the footprint was super small. I didn't have a big yard. Uh, we, we had shared resources and stuff. Um, for a while in my life, I was traveling a lot for work. And one of the first things I realized I wanted to do to seriously cut my footprint was just cut out the air travel. I just stopped.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I'm not vegetarian or vegan, but I, I try to limit my intake of, of beef things like that. But what I emphasize in my book is that it's different for different people. Like for me, for me personally, in my circumstances, it was really easy for me to cut my transportation footprint by cut out the air travel. And since I was already self-employed, just mainly working at home and mainly getting around by foot or bike, that is not an option for everybody. But I always emphasize with people, you look at what's in your life, what's not adding value. What can you prune out? Where's the low-hanging fruit? And it's going to be different for everybody.
2: I know that Jenny, I believe, let go of her vehicle and does a different way of uh, using cars. Uh, Jenny, you want to touch on that?
4: Oh, yeah. And mostly, it's interesting, probably for about maybe half of my adult life, I have owned a motor vehicle. And then the other half, I haven't. And... It's just for me it, it's easier to not own a vehicle. Like the times that I had a vehicle it felt forced like god I have to have this albatross around my neck. It's so expensive, it can break down anytime, have to park the foolish thing. It just was such it was such a burden. You know, I did recently enjoy a vehicle. I had a brief stint with motorcycle ownership and I love riding motorcycles. But it simply it was after a while it was too much off my mission to be privately owning this motorcycle now, so i no longer own don't, that
2: don't yeah. you do something like when you do need a vehicle you just rent it so then you don't have to pay that monthly uh, insurance, as the monthly maintenance right. monthly things so there is a way of doing it you know besides of course you totally- or you know uh, those types Absolutely. of things can be expensive then you can yes. just use that or share something share a vehicle with someone correct you can totally ride share
4: like um i guess it was 5
2: 5 years ago for some family business
4: relating to my mom's passing i rented a car to drive up to virginia mm-hmm. and you know i had i have i've had friends who I think I first heard it way back in the 80s when I lived in in, uh, northern Virginia. A friend of mine in D.C. said, oh, yeah, I figured out that I could rent a car every weekend and it would still cost me less than owning a car.
2: Yeah, doing the math. I figured that out.
0: Doing the math. Yeah, 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 yeah. We
2: have a caller that's been patiently waiting So we (laughs) should go ahead and take that.
0: Yeah. So on the line we have Nancy from St. Pete. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi. I had I have
1: two things that I did <clears throat> excuse me to try to uh cut down on being the little little consumer I've been trained to be since nineteen fifties. Uh and um the first one is um to to listen to the advertisements and, and realize that what they're really saying is please buy me, please, please buy me, you know. Kind
2: of, <laughs> <laughs> yes, give me money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, wow, this is that's all, that's all they're doing, every one of them, uh-huh. you know, some more sophisticated than others. And um, the other thing was to ask myself when faced with something that I really, really wanted, but really, really couldn't afford, is this going to really ultimately make me happy? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and, the, and of course, the, you know, I mean, the answer was ninety nine point nine percent of the time no it's not I know it is it's supposed to get real here and that and so I, I saved myself I didn't save any money because I was on the line all the time you know with the bills and everything but but of uh, uh, you know a single mother raising a child you don't have any leeway I mean it used to be that way I don't know what it is like now but um, that's how I got through it's the only way. Thank so, you.
2: Thank you for your yes. thank you for uh, for saying that, you know. That's a a lot right there.
4: Very much a lot. I I wanted to say real quick, I also want to point out that everything we do individually is great. And I always want to celebrate what people choose to do individually and that they reap the benefits. But we have to always keep our eye on solidarity. Like Another person is, could be really struggling with transportation. And just because I gave up my motor vehicle does not exempt me from continuing to activate for real, safe transportation options for all.
2: Mm. Yeah, public transportation. Is, is that what you're talking about?
4: Yeah, public transportation, bike paths, um, sidewalks shaded by trees so people could actually walk outside realistically, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk about wheelchair access, all the stuff, yeah. I want to talk about free F R E E, financially resilient and economically empowered. And some of our listeners may have heard of FIRE, which stands for financial independence, retire early. So how is FIRE and Free, how are they the same? How are they different?
3: So yes, the FIRE, the financial independence, retire early as most people pursue it is um, by investing um, primarily in the stock market, in index funds often. It's this idea of you know, maximizing the income you're earning and getting it into the stock market so that you can build your wealth and then, um, you know, retire at, at a younger age, you know, not necessarily, you know, and just to have more free time to potentially spend on the beach and travel a lot. Um, you know, or alternatively, building wealth through, um, you know, accumulating large real, rental real estate portfolios that are exacerbating our affordable housing issues. Um, Especially so, in Tampa. St. <laughs> yeah. Pete as well, okay. around the country and probably the world. So, you know, it's this idea of work hard, put your money to work, you know, however you can um, earning, um, you know, a lot more money so that you can get out of the rat race sooner. Whereas, free is about, you know, trying looking for ways to earn money that are addressing again our major social and environmental challenges instead of perpetuating them and building a beautiful, fulfilling, rich and wonderful life. Doing that and, and making sure that you're setting up your, the work you're doing, your various income streams to be viable, kind of like a polyculture of um, sustainable or regenerative income streams. And without, it's not the goal of retiring, it's the goal of doing meaningful work in the context of this fulfilling, beautiful life that is helping you build a better life and a better world is what I would say to that. And maybe Jenny, I don't know
4: if you have anything to add. I think that's, that's all great. And what I want add is not only is it building a better world, there's such a loss when people aren't able to do that thing. There, there's such a loss. Um, I've had people, they were trying to run a eco bed and breakfast. And then, you know, they said, Oh, sorry, we had to close down because my job got busy. I'm like, excuse me. That wasn't your job. Oh, no, I had this whole separate job that I had to commute to an hour away. And, and it is such a loss. It is such a loss when something beautiful and wanted and needed that's helping people closes down. You know, somebody's building furniture out of reclaimed materials that were saved from landfill. And they have to quit that because, they, you know, they have to go sell insurance or something because that job, you know, they weren't earning enough money or they didn't feel... Supported. That's like, that's way more of a loss than we give it credit for.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Laura and Jenny, you have another email and this is from Celia and, uh, Bartow and they write, the best thing I ever did was to start writing down every penny I spend. It made it easy to see what was making my life better and what was wasting my expenditure. And on that, um, I have friends who are professional magicians and they really? used to go to, yep, yeah, th- They've been in the business for like 45 years. They're the longest uh, sponsored magicians in the world. And they used to go to Las Vegas once a year for like the annual conference. Mm -hmm. And they kept track for 45 years about all of the uh, money that they would gamble. Oh, and over forty five years, their net gain was like a hundred dollars <laughs> Be, because you would win wow you would awesome. you would At win least. five thousand, you would lose five thousand, right. you would win seven hundred blah blah. So then, as this as a teenager, I was like, yeah, I'm never gonna gamble. That's yeah. like the stupidest this, thing of I just throwing away no money interest to me. Either.
3: yeah uh, on- well, thank you to Celia for bringing that up because that is definitely a direction I hoped our conversation would take. I think that that is one of the most powerful steps we can take towards a free life is really getting taking that close look at the money that is coming into our lives and then flowing out of our lives uh, and just starting to track that. And again, really thinking about is my money supporting what I'm espousing with my values? You know, what I want the world to look like? Is it supporting what I want my life to look like, or again, is it moving me away from this desired life outside of the rat race, outside of supporting this consumerist capitalism-driven world but yes, getting really honest with ourselves about our number money our money numbers is super important and super powerful.
2: You know, one thing I noticed that uh, if it's a spontaneous purchases that have been, you know, the thing that would hurt me the most is that would be a spontaneous purchase. So now I have a three-day wait period for reaction to everything, really. Uh, and so then I think it through and all this information comes in within that three-day period. And mostly I have no, I don't even need to participate in whatever it was at all. Uh, But it's only because I'm just waiting. And then it shows itself if you let it show itself.
0: Well, a lot of
3: that. I was just gonna say that's great, Annie, because I think so much of our spending is emotional. There is so much emotion involved with money. So when we can give ourselves that space and also we are very prone to lifestyle creep, and hedonic adaptation, meaning that as our income increases, we think, oh, I need now I have more mm-hmm. money, I need to spend more money. Whereas especially if we're already content, pretty content with where we are, we can start saving that additional mm-hmm. money. And then that hedonic adaptation is the idea that, you know, as we get used to nicer and nicer things, we adapt to them and it's harder to to you know not use them again. And so the more we can avoid lifestyle creep and hedonic adaptation in combination with tracking our money numbers, again, you know, the the more we can do to steer towards that free life where we're building a better life for ourselves. And then we can have, the more we can accumulate wealth. And I'm not here to, you know, we talk about spend less and there's, you know, and there's certainly that, but From my perspective, the more we can get people in permaculture to step up to money, to earn it doing regenerative work, Mm -hmm. and then we can invest it. We can make these regenerative investments. We can invest in each other. You know, there were a number of us that pooled our funds and helped lend money to Chris Kenrick to save um, Sweetwater Organic Farm, Good job. you know, we've been, Jenny and I have both invested in grow permaculture farm, Corrine Brennan up there in Brooksville. We can come up with the models. We can invest in local businesses. We want to live in vibrant, thriving communities. And yet we send our money off to Wall Street, off to other places. But with permaculture and this more whole systems thinking, we can, you know, again, if we get our finances in check, we we can use that money to build beautiful communities.
0: Yeah, and uh, a lot of listeners know that I run the most successful carnivorous plant nursery in North Tampa, <laughs> and I get these emails, um, not maybe once or twice a month, that say, "Hey, I want to buy this plant. I need a transfer of funds from." my funds from the bank to PayPal to here. Can you hold on to it for 10 days? And I want to be like Susie Orman and say, girlfriend, you cannot afford this. If you cannot (laughs) afford a $10 plant today, you cannot afford it 10 days from now. That's right. Maybe you should get back. Rethink that. Yeah, rethink it. You need to take, you know, a little That's pause. That's a good
2: point. So like if they have to do that much work to get $10 yeah. to you or whatever, then there's a yeah, there's a a clink in the am- the armor.
0: And I will say that I have two single friends who because I do enjoy talking about money, they often say, you know, oh, it's really hard to pay the mortgage and do the bills and the groceries and da-da-da-da on, like, a teacher salary, for instance. And then I said, well, I'm also on it. Uh, at the time, I was also on a teacher salary. And then they go, well, you have a partner. And when you have two people living in a household or a roommate, it's a lot. You, it does make it, difference. It's half or it a third make of a difference. that income. So I guess you just have to assess well, what, what's going to make – if somebody's going to love the Venus fly chap and, like, look at it every day and feed it every day and enjoy it. That's a good purchase. But if you're just trying to keep up with Instagram Oh to have it. And if you can't afford it yeah, then maybe. But
2: you know what you just said Kenny about, you know, having a roommate or doing I mean that is of uh that is a community situation because I have had uh people that stayed in my house as well and I liked it. I mean, not every time, but uh but I have had people in there that were they just sort of became my family and uh and it did help financially in maintaining the house and so on. Plus it just was good energy. But, uh, you know, I think that that's that's the thing. Like y'all have been talking about you guys uh, about, you know, investing in the community, helping each other and and making choices that's going to help each other. Right.
3: Yes. And having a roommate was uh, one of the first steps I took towards freeing myself, you know, from a nine to five job because I was able to get a roommate when I lived in Washington, D.C., and that rent basically covered my mortgage so Mm -hmm. there are lifestyle design choices we can make um you know they're going to be different for everyone whether it's getting a roommate being a roommate i know jenny has roommates you know housemates right now um you know there are just there are shifts that we can make and people think of them as deprivation but they often end up you know, adding so much color and meaning to our lives. And in a country where we have so much depression and such a high sense of isolation and loneliness, you know, when we find ways to either live together or share resources, we're building community. We're, you know, overcoming a lot of these social issues that are just bubbling up for us out there
2: yeah having young people move into an elderly home is a uh, very helpful in all those levels that you just talked about very much so so uh what do you guys uh so there's one of the things that you that we talked we wrote down is leading this lifestyle means depriving yourself of luxuries or nice things uh but is that something that that people need to shift? And what do you think? I actually have a lot of
4: luxuries and nice things. I, when I want a a nice meal, I'll go out to eat at a local restaurant and and treat myself. I actually just had a mini staycation at um, a bed and breakfast on the other side of the bridge for me. I mean, I was literally 25 minutes walk from my house or, you know, like 10 minutes bicycle ride from my house. But it was a work staycation and it it was luxury like for me because, you know, it was it was definitely I I spent the money, but it was it fit into my budget and it was really great. And if I want some I I like I mostly like kind of chunky homemade jewelry and homemade clothes and edited ratty clothes that I re-sew and do stuff with. But sometimes I like to buy myself a piece of nice jewelry, and there's lots of um, thrift vintage jewelry out there that's really luxurious but affordable,
2: Yeah, I spend my for money example. on a good pair yes. of work boots. That's my thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely <laughs> tools and all that for
0: sure. Which yes, brings and, you joy.
2: Yeah, it brings you. Yes. joy. And, you know, if you invest in a good pair of uh, heavy or uh, really attractive and good work boots, quality, then they don't wear out. That's the thing. That, that's what I do. I tend to buy is I buy quality everything. And so it, it lasts. So, you know, buying that throw, using the throwaway society of uh, clothing, shoes, whatever it is, uh, then, you know, you're wasting a lot of money and you're contributing to the delinquency of uh, the landfills. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And Andy, you're still talking to one of our um, growing free principles, this idea of durable assets. Okay. You know, because again, it's this mindset shift of thinking in terms of investments. And what you're talking about, you are making investments when you are purchasing those higher quality goods. It is more expensive to be poor when you have to keep buying. Mm -hmm you know a pair of shoes every year it's going to likely add up to more than what it would be if you had the money all up front to buy the higher quality asset yes. you know again and again it's investments in tools in high quality tools and these are all things we talk about in growing free it's this whole shift of our thinking into learning maintenance skills, learning how to maintain things, learning from the get-go, what are the higher quality brands? What is going to last? What Mm -hmm. are the durable assets?
2: Mm -hmm. I have boots that, uh, cowboy boots, that I have, they're 50 years old. Uh, and they, I still wear them. I mean, they're in great condition. And the thing is, too, as I'll take, uh, I go to a shoe store and have things rehealed, resold, mm-hmm. and so repairing things, I think, is a really an important factor on that as well.
0: We got another email. This one's from Pete, and, Pete, and uh, he says. When I got my condo in 1993 on Indian Shores, I worked at Honeywell, but when I came home, I walked to a restaurant and made another $100 a night, and then I got a roommate. So, yeah, you can make it work if you really want to. Yeah, you
3: really can. And certainly, I want to acknowledge that there is um, a, a bit of, you know taking on the additional job. That's great. I love this way of thinking. It's my inclination, but I also want to acknowledge that there are single parents out there balancing childcare. that this could be challenging for, you know, it, it could, you know, the ability, you know, just, we, Jenny and I both ride our bikes a lot, but that's not something, you know, people with disabilities could do as easily. Right. So there is, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that. Yes, there are many things that many people could do, but not everyone's going to be able to do to do this.
2: Oh,
1: and
4: know, right. So right, and with there's also there's also the thing with hustle culture, like you got gotta have more and more more just to survive, or the idea that we need to stockpile a bunch of money is right. itself harm, harmful as it, and is itself jacking up the economy. Um, I've actually gotten into a movement called degrowth, which is a topic for a whole nother show or something, but it's, we can, the whole predication of our economy is based on that the economy has to grow, has to expand. And that's actually harmful. It's actually antithetical to a finite planet. So there's something called the steady state economy. That, um, so there's there's lots more to be said about that, but regenerative investment, investing with each other Supporting each other totally fits in with a steady state economy that's not based on constant infinite growth.
3: Mm-hmm. yes but overall pete we're very happy that you did that and happy that you shared <laughs> shared your experience right thank you pete we, yes yes we're getting
2: low on time but i have one question that i really really want to ask and but remember we are low on time for the answer and it's what suggestions do you have for people who don't own a home or property who want to help improve their financial stability because
0: that rent just sucks up your money. It really does. It seems so empty to me.
3: <laughs> well, I, I would say that I think in terms of, you know, within permaculture, I think people who don't own property often get stuck on, you know, feeling like they can't be part of these land-based livelihood opportunities. But there are certainly things people can do to, um, you know, grow f- grow food um, in other people's yards or even in community gardens. One of our co-authors Grows, um, you know, cut, cutting flowers in a community garden and sells them as one of many products at a at a local market. That's a great idea. Um, You know, I think waste stream diversion. I get a lot of my food and resources out of dumpsters because there's so much waste in our society, and I've earned money, you know, selling what I've rescued from the waste stream because our systems are so distorted. And I think, you know, the skills we just talked about, developing skills, we're going to need more and more skills and you can monetize those to um, help you build wealth. And so I'll leave the floor to Jenny now.
4: Well, and honestly, the rent situation has gotten more and more acute. Yes. Um, I was a precarious renter until about five years ago. But even five years ago, I could still in my neighborhood find a five or $600 a month, one bedroom apartment with the informal landlords who were still cool. Like they lived on premises and they're not making you pay for all this extra stuff like um, background checks, first, last, all this levels of stuff. And so it was possible to get a one bedroom apartment and convert part of the living room to a second bedroom using tall bookcases or other furniture. And instead of feeling like deprivation, it was more like being a creative, being creative and thrifty, and then empowering ourselves so the student roommate could do her do her studies, and the self-employed roommate could do her self-employed thing. Yeah, but well. it's but it's not it's not easy. It's gotten harder. So housing activism has become more and more important, and we really have to focus on. On the solidarity, on the activism. We don't necessarily do that enough in our culture. We focus on, well, I'm safe, I'm okay, and this feels good to me. Right. But we, we have to we have to be more mindful of the collective because everybody is us. It's our kids, it's our Parents, everybody who is in trouble is related yes. to us somehow.
2: We are out of time. So uh, I'm loving everything that you guys shared with us today. It was <laughs> wonderful. Tell us how, real quickly, how to get in touch with you if somebody wanted to reach you.
4: Jenny. Um, 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 if people who go to my website, jennynazak.com, will find my phone number and email and my other social media, okay. and anyone can get in
2: touch okay. with me. Great. Thank you, Laura.
3: At my wow. website is richandresilientliving.com rich and resilient living.com and there's a contact page people can reach out to me that way or you can follow me on instagram at rich
2: underscore resilient thank you so much y'all for being here it was a wonderful show really learned
3: a lot thank you for having us pleasure thank you
2: all so much and thank you to the callers
3: yeah.
0: yes thank you and thank you mr bill grace for working the boards and irene for answering your calls if you enjoyed this show and our weekly content please go to WMNF.org donating through the tip jar and directing your donation to the sustainable living show
2: Stay tuned, and in the next hour, you'll uh, hear WMNF's Mondays Monday Music with Flea. If you want to hear more public interest programming, switch over to WMNF's HD Three channel, The Source. Listening to today's Tom Hartman Show live. Make sure to tune in, to, in next Monday morning at eleven for the next Sustainable Living Show without Kenny. Uh, we will be talking with Dr. Malik uh, O. Oh, and and the Shashi of Florida Polytechnic University, and Kenya Corey for, leads the Florida Recycling Partnership. Follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living Show, uh, WMNF to stay in the loop. And
0: I'm Annie Ellis. And I'm Kenny Coogan. Remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. And this is WMNF Tampa. Bye-bye.